0: Look no further. If you're expecting to find Fantastic Beasts, that's right, Anatomy of Movie has your breakdown, so stay tuned. Welcome to
1: Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a few years since uh, Harry Potter made it to the big screen, and he still hasn't. But we enter the world of harry potter if you will through fantastic beasts and where to find them the new movie uh and the debut script of jk rowling we have marissa serafini today
2: hello everyone
0: and someone new to the panel someone new to popcorn talk in general but if uh if you've seen our sister network after buzz tv you might have seen her there um bonjour juliet as we like to call her
1: (laughs) hello everyone happy to be here thank you for having me she's french I am. I am. And we enjoy magic there, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good. And I'm Phil Svitek. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we assume that you've seen the movie. Um, We're doing this one a little bit uh, ahead of schedule. If you guys know an anime movie, we typically do uh, movies a week after they come out. Today, the movie comes out, and uh, we're doing it. Just because there's Thanksgiving, there's a lot of movies coming out, so we're going to try to keep up with all of them. So, um, you know, do yourself a favor. If this is your first time ever and you don't know how this works, it's going to be very spoiler-filled. So, uh, go see the movie first. If uh, if you don't want it spoiled, if you don't care, then just watch away. But it will be spoiler-filled. Um, as always, let's start with our overall impressions. Starting with Marissa Serafini. Um, all
2: right. Well, everyone who follows me on other shows I cover here in our media universe um, knows I love Harry Potter knows I love the whole Potter universe and always references any Harry Potter whenever available I was very excited to see this film um, I was also very sad when the last movie ended when I was in college at the time and I couldn't talk about it Um other than with my friends, but not on a platform such as ours. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm actually really glad that Harry Potter, the Wizarding World, came into the universe again with this film, and I was really looking forward to seeing it. Excited for all the promos that came out like a year ago, and it was even the teases and stuff. So going into it, um, there were things I was kind of expecting, which you didn't really get in the film, but. Yet, there were new characters and new storyline that I did always enjoy when it comes to a new movie. Especially when it comes to a prequel of an already well-established franchise. So, for some things I did enjoy in this film and some things I lacked, or we lacked. But I'm actually kind of okay with it. Overall, it was a fun movie. It was entertaining. I'll definitely, probably, definitely watch this again in theaters. And uh, we had a fun experience watching it in 3D. Um, and I'm already going to buy the movie when it comes out on DVD. I'm just saying that now. But uh, overall, I really did think it was a fun movie. And definitely within the universe of the Wizarding World.
0: All right. And you, Julia?
1: Um, I did enjoy it a lot. I thought it was uh, beautiful in terms of the way it was filmed and uh, special effects. Actually, but in terms of story, I was kind of disappointed. I think it was missing a lot. Um, we were even talking about how they're just—I I felt like they're just swinging their wands and not saying the um, what are those called—the yeah. So missing that, um, missing children, missing. <laughs> I enjoyed, you know. Again, we grew up with Harry Potter, and you, there's a huge evolution, and this is the first movie, so maybe you'll, you'll get that throughout the other franchises. But I just—I don't know. I didn't really like. Too many adults, (laughs) I guess. That's all I have to...
0: Um, I was missing a bit of the magic. I mean, you know, you have to kind of... What it lacked sort of in magic and incantations and spells and potions, uh, it made up for in creatures. So it's something a little bit different. You have to kind of go along with that, um, you know... Uh, and, you know, it, it's tough. You, you, of course, it's a tall task to go up against Harry Potter. Um, I think pound for pound, if you compared Sorcerer's Stone to this, um, it's sort of the same. But uh, in, in terms of because for me, the, the main villain was missing. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, and uh, we're, we're kind of introduced to the threat um, Grindelwald. And we know kind of a, a little bit of the history from Harry Potter. And, and it's interesting because, you know, he was friends with Dumbledore. Um, but I bring up Sorcerer Stone because in that one, you know, Voldemort's introduced, but he's not really a big threat until the end. But, but even then, he's he's not in full form, right? So he's um, so what, somewhat of an easy adversary, right? And it's more. about kind of um you know navigating their way through hogwarts in this regard uh he's navigating his way through new york city um catching the creatures and whatnot and the the villain sort of is there but it's not the biggest thing and, and i think it'll progress um but i wanted a villain right off the bat i want the big bad boom we're in let's go
2: yeah, same here, because even the opening montage, we got the whole newspaper update of over the years of Grindelwald. And and throughout the movie, I'm like, where the heck is he? When is he coming into play? And he didn't come into play the last five minutes of the movie. And, uh, like, I agree. Uh, I don't think this movie needed a antagonist more so, because I don't think it took away from what was happening. But I think it would have added Definitely, and and I think we're just so conditioned that there's always a big bad out there who is always after the protagonist. Um, But maybe that's probably in the future
0: movies. Mm -hmm. I I think you know Colin Farrell. uh, I knew he was, I knew he was part of the bad. You know, I couldn't figure out where exactly, you know, he stood and why he was bad. But I mean, if you've seen Fright Night, um, Colin Farrell like has a good habit of being somewhat of a villainous character. Uh, He's got that smile. He's got that look um, where you don't trust him fully and, and rightfully so in this case. And then, you know, obviously the, the reveal is that that is him. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just I just wanted that sort of more front and center. But well, overall, you know, again, uh, I think you got to just kind of wipe your memory just like the, the humans <laughs> and wipe yourself of Harry Potter in terms of what it is and your expectations Remember the history and, and whatnot, but but go into this. Try to be fresh and open-minded. And if you can do that, then I, th- I think it can be enjoyable. Overall. It
1: does make me excited, though, for the upcoming films, because I feel like even though we were missing that aspect, I feel like it's their way to establish that. So hopefully in the future.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to remember the timeline, too. This just takes place in the 1920s. Our main characters that we love, Ron, Hermione, and Harry, they're not even alive yet.
0: Although so, Voldemort was born in this year, Voldemort mm-hmm.
2: was born. Dumbledore was around, and I did like that they name-dropped him. I was like, okay, so he's in the universe. He knows the people in you know over in America as well. That like his character is still so now uh, like renowned that he carries over to America.
0: Is there a title yet for this universe, like MCU, and uh, whatever the DC one is? Can we call this HPCU? We could Harry Potter Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we could here we go we're
2: doubting it now <laughs> coining <laughs> here
0: um before we get into story let's uh let's talk about development um no secret that uh, the title comes from a textbook in the harry potter series um written by uh you know eddie redmayne's character of newt our protagonist in this one um and kind of just spawned from there um you know, and, and so it, it's been sort of, I guess, you could say, in development for quite a long time. Um, I told you this guy's off air, but J.K. Rowling it really is like the Tolkien of our time. You know, where he was fantasy of the past. That you know, I, this is fantasy more present, uh, and you know, she's creating a whole entire world, and unlike Tolkien, like she's creating it really fast.
2: Yeah and I think it it was the the demographic that it's geared to eats this world up very fast and like it's it's a high demanding kind of universe and world and characters and storyline. I think J.K. Rowling does such a great job of establishing so many different characters that we just love in certain ways. I mean look at all the you know, Harry Potter characters. There are so many you can't even count them on two hands. Yeah like you, you could and um, But, like, each character we loved, and I think she does a great job where we just want to keep seeing more characters. So when you have Newt, Scam- uh, Newt uh, Scamanders, just a name from a textbook where the first students, the first-year students had to read his book, you're like, oh, who's this guy? So we want to know about his backstory. So I like how she can just create all these fun characters that were like, hey, let's make a movie about him.
0: Yeah, and I I do like the fact that, you know, she said this is not a prequel, this is not a sequel. It's um, you know, it's a sp- spin-off if you will of the universe. Um, as mentioned, this is her this is her debut as a screenwriter. Uh which which is great to see. You know, I think I think kind of taking, you know, con- full control in terms of the writing in the in the universe in the, in that regard. Um overall, I mean, what if we're to start there, like, uh, what did you guys think in terms of just, just the writing itself?
2: Um, I I think it was definitely kind uh, con- like conversational kind of writing, um, mm-hmm. because I think we all know how she sets up a scene when we're reading the books. It's very detailed, and this looks like this, and you, you know all the details. They get more in a book than you do in the movie, and I had an easy time following all the characters and their storylines. I wasn't, like, lost with the plot um, or any exposition more so. So it was very easy to follow along. And I think she does a great job of writing, you know, the first, second,
1: third act. Yeah. I agree. I would love to be actually able to read her script because it's so, there's so many details of visually speaking that you can tell that she puts a lot of effort into visualizing what she wants to see on screen i thought it was great it was um conversational like you were saying funny at times also which was kind of unexpected um but a nice little surprise
0: yeah i I think you know um to your point it it would be interesting to read the script because i think it's going to read half script half novel Mm -hmm. um you know typically in most scripts like you just write you know uh there was a blue snake-like thing and that you leave it at that but i'm sure in her script and again because she's doing it no no one's going to tell her otherwise she probably went into like detail about all these things and wrote it more like a novel and so um you know let's say the 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 movie's two hours and 13 minutes right so you know um let's say if it it was a two-hour movie that'd be 120 pages I think if, for her, you know, it, it, you can have 180 pages and still have it be a two-hour movie just because of her writing. And, again, no one's going to tell her otherwise. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, well, if you think about it, the first Harry Potter movie was only, like, I think it was less than 200 pages. It was a short book.
0: It was, um, you know. But, again, she didn't necessarily write, You know, my point with that is that she didn't write it. Um, mm-hmm. And, during, you know, and, and David Yates, um, I think you pulled this quote, Marissa, but, you know he basically says you give her notes and then a week later she pumps out a script (laughs) so just lightning fast and I think at this point you know uh, one of the hardest things is to get to know your characters at this point she's been in that world so long that uh, you know she just writes from the characters' voices and then it's easy
2: yeah and we know that J.K. Rowling likes to write once she has a creative idea about something she'll just write it no matter if it's in order or chronologically in order because we know uh, you know the big fans of Harry Potter know that like she had the last scene of Harry Potter written years before they even, she had the last book written out. So like, you know, if she wrote something and really got engaged in a character, she probably already had this in the back burner of her head of who Newt was after all these years. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm glad that she has that writing ability and the creative aspect to pump out so much content because she does love this world and she knows this universe that she can just pump out a whole new movie within a week.
0: Well, I'm sure there were revisions and whatnot, but...
2: Oh, yeah, several drafts.
0: Um, you know, uh, and, you know, it, obvi- what, what I like, too, is kind of the the, the bands back together, if you will. Um, Alfonso Cuaron, who, you know, did one of the movies, um, he did Prisoner of Azkaban, Uh, He was kind of somewhat slated to be uh, the director on this. And then uh, David Yates, you know, uh, it just didn't work out with Alfonso. Uh, And then David Yates kind of stepped in and and has now committed to also doing the rest of the movies. Uh, It's great to see because he did The Last Four. So, you know, he kind of gets to continue that. And uh, it's great to see, you know, know, some people kind of just suffer from fatigue. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to do one more. And then I've just been in this world too much. I need to do something else. Uh, it's it's great that he's able to just continue and, and not look at it that way.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it because, you know, the last few movies, you know that he's already, he knows the world, he knows the characters, and he has a good working relationship with WB, so WB obviously trusts him to have him come back and take on another extension of this franchise. So I'm glad he's willing to come back.
0: Yeah, and, you know, and it'd be one thing, because you could see from WB's perspective, like, hey, just jumpstart this, and then from there, once we create, you know, the starting point, then you can kind of, we'll give you what you want, but no, what he wants is this movie. You know, these movies. Good for him. Um, So kudos.
2: Yeah, good for him.
0: Um, all right, so let's talk, let's start with the creatures, right? You know, the the beasts. I'm going to call them beasts. That's what the movies talk Um... If you don't buy into this beast, obviously the movie in many ways doesn't work. So uh, what did you guys think of the creatures overall? And what was your favorite creature?
1: Mm. Juliet. Let's start with you. since You gave the most audible. Um, I really like, I think there's a nice uh, ensemble <laughs> of uh, little creatures. Uh, I think my favorite one is going to be the smallest one. My two favorite ones are going to be the smallest one and the biggest one. So the smallest one being that little green grass... Uh, uh, looking one
0: the keyhole yeah. Um,
1: yeah the one that he always yeah, has trying on to him look up all the mm-hmm. beast names. he was so cute I love him and the the one that hatches in the beginning and then becomes the big
2: like
1: the- bird snake looking
2: thing <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, I I have to agree. I did love the the little green guy who was kind of like a praying mantis mm-hmm. because he had personality too. You know, I wasn't like really expecting that. And I also loved the the kleptomaniac <laughs> one who kept stealing everything that was possibly shiny. Um, he was funny too because especially when he like shook him violently and all the money came out of his pocket, his pouch there, it was hysterical. You know, you wouldn't expect a, an animal a creature. You know, to steal valuables in that way. And I just thought he added a lot of comedy.
0: Yeah, I, I did like him a lot. Um, it's the first cre- the, the first beast that we were introduced to and, and what sets everything off in this universe. Um, unfortunately, Newt is not the best keeper of creatures. <laughs> um, especially if he can't keep a small one like that. Um, but I did love it because he was a little punk. He was a little rascal. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> didn't was- care. Um, so I did enjoy him. Uh, in terms of big creatures, um, I don't know. I- I'll try to be different. The the sort of rhino with octopus for a face. Just something weirdly different. Um, and then I liked how it translated to um, the no-mages. Um, bait cuts. Yeah, that was really <laughs> cute.
1: I also can't forget the old hairy-looking one who can uh, see the future and who saves them. Yeah. I liked him. He was—he looked very wise and and sweet. He kind of looked like a sloth. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He looked at an old sloth. Hmm. I liked him. He was cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, well, since we kind of uh, made some gripes about it, let, let's talk about the protagonist—or not the protagonist—the uh, antagonist. Let's talk about um, Colin Farrell's character. Um, what did you guys think First of him?
2: Percival Graves. Um, yeah, I think you said it. Like, I couldn't tell if he was going to be good or bad. Especially when the beginning of the movie set up this mysterious guy who's been attacking everybody and then he goes away. I'm like, okay, he's our antagonist. And then we see Percival Grace and when we first encounter him and he's talking to, you know, Newt and, and, uh, um... Uh, Yeah, what's her name? Uh, and Tina. Tina. And Tina, um... Like it just seems like he was just in a position of authority. It didn't seem like he was mean or anything. He was doing his job. Like one of those authoritative figures that we talked about it before. Just like um, in our other dissection, that like sometimes when you you're in the position of power, you can either be mean or just be that person who has to do their job. Um, I was never really threatened by him, honestly. So I not I didn't really see him as an antagonist because he never really scared me or I thought he was threatening, menacing in any way.
0: I, well, we've uh, at, at the Ministry we've seen this. I mean, how many corrupt politicians were there at the Ministry that were Voldemort followers? Um, uh, Lucius being like the head honcho of it all, right? He had a high position and he was he was down with the Voldemort. So it's it, mm-hmm. it's known trope within the, the HPCU. <laughs> Um, uh, so, you know, I, I just felt like, uh, the makuza they, they can't be untainted by evil. You know, and this guy was ripe with evil. You think so? And listen, I just know, Colin, Colin Farrell, he, he, he plays evil too well. <laughs> and so, like, you can't not take advantage of
2: that. Okay, so do you think he's working for, what's his name, Grindelwald?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you think so? Okay. I know
0: so. Okay. <laughs> I think so. I know so. I know
2: so.
0: Um, you know, so, yeah, it's it just right off the bat. That's, you know, um, I never trusted him. Never trusted him. Because especially, you know, he was, he, he he's doing his job, but he's like a lone wolf. You know, I mean. Who
2: mm. uh, could go rogue?
0: He, well, he kind of, you know, he was, he was, he was rogue, he, he was. Doing quote unquote his job, but then he knew um, as soon as he was gonna get to you know his his end game was the same was um was the same, you know just but 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 what he was gonna do once he got um you know the creature if you will um that was gonna be very much not for the Makuza it's gonna be for him Grindelwald.
1: Okay.
2: So. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And the when he was uh, like, I there was the flip side that I thought he could actually be a good guy when he was good friends to um, Credence. Credence, and he gave him the the Deathly Hallows necklace. So I was like, oh hey, we know what this is. So it makes me question. I was like, that you put those three together, that you you know can be the power of all evil, really. But he was such a, you know, consoling father figure in a way to Credence. And I'm like, all right, so he's, he has a good side.
0: Yeah, but, you know, just just even, um, I don't know, there, there was tropes of typical, there, just tropes of a typical villain, um, and it's very Hitchcock to, you know, be befriend someone first. And then as soon as he sort of gets what he wants out of Credence, he said, uh, you know, he called, what is, what's the term, a squid? Squib. Squib. You know, someone who's magical but doesn't actually um, get their powers or whatever, and then he's done with them until he realizes, like, holy crap, this guy's actually got a ton of powers.
2: Yeah. I did feel bad for Credence at that time because he just walked away and, like, really actually legitimately pissed him off. I felt bad um, for
0: Credence's haircut. That was a god-awful haircut.
2: Oh, that was terrible. I just felt bad for Credence's character. I mean, the past that he had—not to jump into Credence, but like just the past that Credence had—makes you understand why he was that type of character.
0: Yeah. What does our French representative say? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Um. you—you you didn't think. Which one did you think it was evil, or did you think it was good, or were you torn?
1: Uh, I was torn. But no, I think I was more uh, leaning towards the evil. Just that look in his eye. He just didn't look. Something didn't seem right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> See, maybe I was just trying to think positive
2: of his character. I was like, I think he could be a good guy. Because I did a little research before going into the movie, and I knew a little bit about his character, Percival, that he was an aura. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, like, distinguished that Everyone who's an aura is pretty much like an FBI agent. Mm. Like they work for a government. They're they're high up. Like you don't mess with them because no. they can mess you up too. Um, and just like in the universe, if you read the books, of course you know auras. They are like pretty much the most magical beings out there. Like they are the smartest. They know all this information. They know dark. Like they. They know so much magic and how to protect themselves and all of this magical knowledge of them. Like, you don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. No. Just like you don't mess with FBI or CIA agents or Remember, that
0: type. Remind me to talk about the final battle. But, um, you know, with, with the Sorcerer's Stone, what was interesting, they, and they, they set up Snape, uh, who was one of the most fascinating characters of that entire series, right? Um, we didn't really get that. Unless you guys want to argue otherwise, in this movie, right? Because you know uh, Snape, he he was the sleight. He was like, okay, that's he's working with Voldemort, right? That was the whole thing. And then no, it was um whatever our friend's name was. Remember what was, what was his actual <laughs> name? the The professor of dark arts.
2: Which one? There were so many. In the first one, the what? oh oh uh, yes, um, Quirrell. That's it, Professor Kroll.
0: Anything <laughs> about that for a second. Pop quiz, pass from Marissa.
2: Yes. Um,
0: yeah. So, so you know, and obviously, uh, so you know, we kind of—he was the one that was there, and we weren't suspecting him. Um, with this one, because we had sort of so few characters, you know, who who else were you, were you going to suspect, if you will, besides him? No That's the way right. I looked at mm-hmm. it.
2: Yeah, no one right now in this movie, because I don't think there was another. Person of the same kind of quote, like value as him or like who was also someone who could be considered as an equal.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I did like. Oh, uh, I guess we we, let's talk about the end and then remind me to talk about the 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 muggle (laughs) slash non slash magic relations. Um, No magic. I thought uh, the ending battle in terms of how they captured him was a little bit fast. Like Newt just kind of comes up with the you know the idea. Okay, let, let, we're gonna get him with a creature because these spells aren't working. But boom, within like five seconds, that was that.
2: Yeah, I mean, but I, I'm kind of glad that he did. He's not just someone who takes care of animals. He's he does know how to use magic. You know, he he knows potions and spells, and I'm glad that he he had that knowledge in Merthyrthall to fix problems you know the solution mm-hmm. came up as solutions
0: yes he did very fast very fast he did but so be it uh i i did like the backdrop of um i still and i'm gonna keep calling them muggles I'm yeah. too conditioned yeah, the to thing, call
1: muggles. Me too. Once again, like, American languages screw British language. Yeah,
2: yeah, but, like, even the American equivalent, like, no mash, that's not even fun to say. No, it's not. No mash. It's not a word. Well, muggle, neither was
0: muggle, but... No,
2: it's not a word, but muggle's, like, actually in the dictionary now. That's how much we use it. <laughs> it's legitimately in the dictionary. Do you think it has a chance to be in the dictionary now? Hell No.
0: No magic.
2: No magic. No.
0: No way. I say. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No way. Um, so, in terms of, the, I, I did like the backdrop drop of because um, it took us quite a while in the Harry Potter series and before, sort of, the outside world, the non-magical world, was being affected by what's happening in, in the in this world, right? And so, here in Fantastic Beasts, um, it's ever present right from the get-go. Um, and we're not we're not contained in a shell of hogwarts we're literally in new york city so I, I you know um i did enjoy that um right off the bat that we were just thrown in there
2: yeah no i like I, I loved it because howers and plus i th- i felt like howers was kind of limited cuz you only had like kids knowledge of how much that they knew at their level, and that was basically it. Whereas this one, you're actually out in the world, you you have bigger dangers of being constantly exposed. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, if you misuse magic, you have the Makuza after you. Know? So, um, the Makuza. Yeah. That's a fun word. That's a better word than no mash. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I I think what—I kept laughing at the fact that they were destroying so much of New York, and you didn't really see any muggles be like, oh, what's happening?
0: Well, except for the New Salem Philanthropic Society, or the Second Salemers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but,
2: like, what did they do? It it was just funny, because I kind of—for some reason, when I was watching it, I was thinking— you know how the first Avengers movie they destroyed all of New York, but you can actually see the destruction. Whereas this movie, they they did a good job of destroying stuff, but then they put it back together. Mm-hmm. I was like, like see magic, <laughs> gotta love it. Mm-hmm.
0: See so if only the Avengers had magic.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, oh man, someone had to clean that up, and I'm glad that
1: you know the magic magic could clean up the destruction. Mm-hmm. I think you do make a great point that the fact that it was in New York City gave that extra f- uh, stress factor of having the non-madge. <laughs> No-madge? No. Non? Or no?
0: No-madge. no, no, no madge. Madge. Just uh, say muggles.
1: Muggles. Yeah. Um, interact. And so sort of, I thought that was a great stress factor. Because it's also thing I thought was m- missing in the movie. It wasn't stressful or scary enough. Maybe because of in Harry Potter, for so many of the movies, they're so young that that's why you fear a little bit more for them. I just felt like they kind of were really quick to fix every situation and really quick to um, just keep going. So it was a little too happy magical for me.
0: Uh, Fair enough. Hmm. Um, Yeah, the magic was ever-present in scenes that I didn't necessarily need them and then just under-present in the scenes that I wanted. You know. Uh, But uh, let's talk about the team. Um uh, let's start with our let's start with the nomad, <laughs> Our uh good old baker, as I'm gonna call him mm. henceforward.
1: Jacob Kowalski. Yes. I liked him. He was fun. know yeah. I can't wait for the someone's gonna open a bakery like that. They must. That's a good marketing <laughs>
0: twelve. Oh, a hundred percent. You don't oh, think yeah. you don't you don't you don't think they're already on probably, that?
1: Probably, <laughs>
0: probably. Um you know, what, what did you guys besides liking him? What did you, what did you guys think of him in, in terms of the story? I mean, uh, obviously, our own main characters took a liking to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It made the scene at the end very uh, emotional, right?
1: <laughs> he was too quick to give up his girl. I thought he was like, okay, no, this has to happen. I'm like, fight a little, come on! But then, like, they find each other at the end. But it was too easy. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, I like,
2: um, maybe because I'm just a sucker for a romantic story, but, um, I liked him because he was a fun character to, you know, he was the buddy in the mm-hmm. buddy system that a lot of movies do so well. When you have your main character, you have to have the sidekick. Um, again, maybe the comedic character, definitely, especially his laugh. His laugh was hysterical. From his, the gig water. Yeah, his, mm-hmm. yeah, his nervous laugh was hilarious, and they, I loved how they just kept dropping that throughout the movie. Um, and I, he became a bigger character than I was expecting him to be. Mm-hmm. Especially because if you think about it, the end, the very last shot is him. It's not new. He be, like it ended on Jacob Kowalski's, so it makes me think his character is going to be big. Mm-hmm.
0: I think he's going to have a kid. Think
1: he's going to have a kid. Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised if he did.
0: I mean, she's got magic. She can read minds. That's I
1: think he's going to be the Ron too.
0: To, 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 to oh. Newt, to Harry po- Potter, <laughs> Newt is the Harry Potter, and yeah, okay.
1: Ron, he's going to be his Ron.
0: Got it. Mm, yeah. Got him. You see?
2: And I liked how it just, I mean, we're talking about Kowalski, but the dynamic, we're so used to a trio with Ron, Harry, and Hermione, mm-hmm. but this one we kind of got, you know, a, a quad. <laughs> we got four, you know, we got two guys, two girls banding together, and I kind of like that. It was, it was very balanced.
0: Yeah, well, um, one of the things, obviously, it took us a long time in the Harry Potter series to develop any romances. Um, and then, of all things, you know, it's Ron and Hermione who end up together rather than Harry and Hermione, which, you know, would would be sort of more typical. Uh, with and this, you know, it, it, numbers-wise, we're all set. Two guys, two girls. Now Everybody pick. And, um, you know, what, what did you guys think in terms of... Of that, Because, you know, uh, one of the great things was that in Harry Potter, it took a long time to develop.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you got to remember, I don't mind it, first of all. I don't mind it whatsoever. But you have to remember, like, this story, they're already uh, adults. They can already have those feelings and adult feelings. And if they got into a relationship really quick, we can understand that. Whereas the Harry Potter universe, they started off as kids and they grew to kind of really like each other and then eventually love each other. Whereas, and it just started out on a whole different, like they hated each other when they were kids. Like Ron and Hermione hated each other and then grew up to love each other and then I think they were just at completely different ages where the relationships were at and their
1: status were completely different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed. But it was a little too quick too at times. I feel like they maybe should have, especially because there's so many more movies to come, maybe taking a little bit more time to establish those relationships and Give a little extra.
0: Well, candidate. at least at least the, uh, Newt and her and Tina didn't kiss at the end. They just kind of had their moment, and um, then he takes off. Now, she does have a strut in her step, but she's walking off mm-hmm. as if, like, okay. Because he does say, like, I'll, I'll hand deliver the copy to you, so that's his way of saying, I, I like you.
1: I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you.
0: Yeah. So, um, but he's got to go off and do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I like that, and I mean it. Kind of like the 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 game of you know the chase, if you will. Like he he likes her, and then in the other relationship, she likes Jacob. And and, and like it's a it's a kind of mutual thing. But like I like that, mm-hmm. and I think it's balanced. And I would like to actually follow these characters, see how their relationship grows within these movies. If they get married, if they have magical kids, what yeah. would that be like? I'm all for it Sure We'll
0: find out
1: Well what about the Picture That he still carries around Of Zoe Crab-y? Oh yeah mm-hmm. Which we're learning Um The
2: Lestrange
0: Letter Lestrange The former love Of Scalman At Hogwarts Ligla who- Yeah
2: Lila Lestrange
0: yeah. yeah Uh Who betrayed his trust Leaving him bitter about Her but still keeping A picture of her
1: Ta-da-da-da. Time to move on <laughs> Yeah can't be holding all of those pictures.
0: Well, if you can't trust somebody, I, I mean, obviously that um, what's what's um, Lestrange's name in the Harry Potter set. Yeah, Bellatrix story? Lestrange. That's it. So obviously, you know, there's a Ancestry. lineage there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how kind of that plays out.
2: Yeah, I, I I liked how there was a tie because we know that Bellatrix Lestrange was crazy. And uh, it just makes me wonder, like, okay, if the Lestrange family is a darker family, a dark wizarding family, like, what kind of magic did Nuke get into? It, like, if he got in a relationship with Lela Lestrange, like, was she a bad wizard as well? Bad witch, more so? Who knows? Um, we
0: don't know. I, you know, probably. It was, I mean, she 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 had traits of it. Again, uh, we'll find out more, but um, trust and whatnot is is a tough thing. So, uh, just as a quick side note, I like the argument between which school was better. Hogwarts (laughs) sounds like hogwash. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, Um, yeah, because I grew up in that. I'm a a Hogwarts kind of (laughs) kid.
2: Um, I like that because, you know, knowing his character actually became part of the curriculum that was supposed to be at Hogwarts. I was like, yeah, that's good. At least one for Hogwarts and one over here for Hogwarts. Hmm. So,
0: um, What was your guys' favorite scene in the movie? Um, there's quite a lot of great set pieces overall. Um, but I just want to know from you guys, what was your favorite sort of scene, whether action or not?
1: No, not action, but my favorite scene actually, you might think is boring, but is when they were walking into the bar. Um, I just love that time period, and I love how they just, with a, just a snap of a finger, got those, like, pretty dresses, and were able to go in this underground place, and that singer, um, and just, uh, yeah, that seemed like a cool bar scene I wish I could be part of. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Did it remind you of the cantina bar from, like, Star Wars?
2: <laughs> a little bit, now that you mentioned that.
0: Do you know the cantina bar? So? I haven't seen Star
2: Oh, yeah, 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 Yes, for
0: me.
2: Uh, what? Okay. Well, this is Harry Potter, so
1: you've seen Harry Potter, right? Yes, I've seen all of the Harry Potter. Goodness me. I have
0: been... Even what? I even have a star.
1: That <laughs> looks like Harry Potter. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going
0: to say fantasized about him.
2: Oh, that
1: too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I, I
2: love Harry Potter. Um... My favorite scene was when we first go into his suitcase and then we realized, like, you gotta love magic, um, that it's a bigger environment in which he's keeping all these animals and then how just, like, the slow reveal of every kind of animal that he takes mm-hmm. care of and just, like, his love for animals and, you know, keeping that, um, you know, zoo more so. That was very special. Um, I, I really like that. He has, like, a whole menagerie of animals and, um... It was pretty neat seeing all the different types of animals that we didn't see in the previous Harry Potter films and in that universe. We saw all brand new creatures more so.
0: Yeah, and I I think, you know, um, if there is a knock on the movie at at any point, whether from fans or critics, I think it's, you know, uh, even though we know some of these characters because they're kind of very lightly introduced, um, you know, people will say that, that none of our main characters are in it. And the reason I bring that up, it would be, yeah, timeline-wise, this doesn't work. But we, you know, uh, Ron's brother—he's um, very much into like the dragons and whatnot. And yeah, it could be—it would be some way cool if, if somehow they could figure out a way uh, to get him in there.
2: Yeah, it's time to together. I would yeah. like that. It's, um, I, I like that, or an ode to the Weasley family because that is a very um, pure blood kind of family. That would have been cool.
0: Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I doubt we're gonna see that.
2: Probably not. Maybe in the last film. Probably maybe. because we're we're gonna have a lot of films, and by the time like how many? Not to jump ahead in our notes, but there, it's supposed to take place over all these films that are eventually coming. Are supposed to take place in 19 years. So maybe at the end of 19 years, we could get like the beginning of the Weasley lineage.
0: Well, uh, real quick to that, I, th- I think it's interesting that it originally it was supposed to be a trilogy. Now it's five movies, which was also supposed to be the case with Avatar. <laughs> to <Yeah>. be honest, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and what was what was um, the Hobbit? And it was one book turned into three books. So we're we're seeing a pattern here.
2: Yeah. Well, if it makes money, certainly. I, I mean, it's kind of you know gratuitous in some ways that we don't need like i think hobbit could have been split into two movies probably not three um but the i think the great thing what jk rowlings does is like she creates so many different characters that you can get more movies i mean heck that's why we have fantastic Beasts*. we have new and now even in this movie we introduce like the lestrange we introduce grandewald we introduce like five more people And I want to know who they are. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, we need more movies to explain these new people that you just introduced to us. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. They got my money (laughs) already.
0: (laughs) They did. Day one. Didn't even have to wait that long. Mm -hmm. Um, What other aspects of the story do you guys want to touch upon um, before we move on to more of the production side of things?
2: Um I really like the because we didn't have the a person antagonist more so as a villain like going after one certain person. I mean we always had Voldemort going after Harry. Um in a murderous way which sounds really dark cuz it is. But the just the fact that what what did they call it the that dark matter um, mm. oh my god it's escaping me. But what are you
0: trying It was dark matter but what It,
2: it was pretty much dark matter, but um just the idea of if you suppress your magic and you don't hone the magic and actually, you know, use it for good, it will actually, like, you know, materialize as a dark energy that can attack.
1: Mm-hmm. Who
2: knew? Like, who knew that would actually happen? Because we always hear from the kids how they get accepted into Hogwarts and, like, once they start learning that they're magic, like they 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 start the ability of doing magical things. But what happens to kids if they actually fight against it and suppress that? I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the outcome. Like, it creates a dark matter that can actually attack people. Yeah. Interesting aspect. Very
1: interesting.
0: I did, I did like that. I did like that. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what sort of happens with Credence in that regard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, um all right, let's let's move on to more of the production side of things. Um again, kind of overall, uh, you know, the, the sort of the team is back together. Uh you know, David Yates at the helm of all of this. Um now, let's talk about the cinematography because I I thought, you know, the, the overall <laughs> the irony is they shot in London. <laughs> not New York. Um, and you can you can kind of understand why they they needed a lot of green screen. Well, they they they, they needed a, they needed their own sets and to be able to build and, and whatnot. Um, so Philip, um, Rosalot, uh, The Nice Guys, uh, Beautiful Creatures, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Larry Crown. So, uh, you know, very very good movies. Um, did the cinematography for this? That'll look good. That'll look good overall. You
2: know, watching it, I you would forget the fact that they're in London because it did look like New York, the, especially back in the, like the nineteen twenties. Not that I've actually personally been to New York, but I believed it. Or in the nineteen, <laughs> I thought you were yeah, going to say New York or in the nineteen the twenties 1920s. 1920s either. Um, both of those, but I believed it to be New York because I think because the world just seemed bigger. That I like, I took in the city and the landscape was pretty fun. It was a f- more open environment to do magic. Yeah. Which I think they did well.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I thought I thought it worked really well and they controlled the set. Um, I'm always, I'm excited, you know, right now we're still kind of, we're, we're still very fresh. So there's not much production stuff because, you know, of course when you kind of reveal a lot of the production stuff, it also reveals spoilers potentially. So I think in the coming days, you know, again, this is part of the reason why we do it a week. After, so that way we can compile a little bit more information rather than just speak on emotion. We can give you um, more fact-based stuff. Um, Let's see. Um, There was there was in terms of editing. um, Not that this is like a big thing, but um, scene was filmed with a shirtless Newt, um, which showed all the scars that he had collected during his um, you know work with all these animals. Um, Eddie Redmayne worked out vigorously for the scene, but it was cut.
2: Ah, yeah. all that hard work.
0: Um, I mean, I, I don't, don't know if he, I needed it. You know, I, dad, have,
1: I don't think it was needed. I think it was. <laughs> I'm Is Eddie rich- Redmayne
0: really a sex icon of any sort? I just
1: like boys not wearing shirts. So,
0: well, all I have to say,
2: I'm a fan yeah. of that too, but only when it's like necessary. It's
1: always necessary, Marissa. <laughs> well, to be, be
0: sure. fair, if it, was, if it was a guy watching and, and it was like a girl, every girl, every guy would be like, wait, yeah, no, we need that scene back in. 100%, 100%. But the thing
2: is like, I don't think that would fit for his character, just the way that they built him up. He seems like he was very reserved, no. timid, kind of shy, shy, awkward. Very so true. So to see him like physically open as well, I just don't think that would would yep. have no. translated as bad. There was one shot that I saw where like he... There was a close-up of the hands, and you can clearly see a bite mark in his hand as a scar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: So I agree. He didn't. He doesn't have that like that character. At least didn't have that sex symbol type. Yeah. Well, he's Colin very unkind. Colin Farrell should take his shirt off. Next movie.
0: I could play you. Definitely, there's definitely movies where Colin Farrell has his <laughs> shirt like, off. I know, this
2: but is not the movie for that. <laughs> it's always Marisa. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, hashtag, uh, write hashtag if you're with Juliet on this one. (laughs) I doubt that you are. Sorry, Jules. All right. um, In terms of the music, um, I don't know if, did we get an iconic, like, did we set up any sort of, because the Harry Potter, and I can't do music, but (laughs) I can't hum to save my life.
2: Well, I they did. I mean, we had James Newton Howard for this film, and he's done a lot of other movies that we've also covered here for Anatomy. Um, he did admit that they used the Hedwig theme song, which is probably the most, arguably, arguably the most notable theme of the Harry Potter universe. Um, they use like some snippets of it, but of course, he had to kind of change that just a slight bit. It was more so like an homage to John Williams' version. But um, he did create new theme songs for this, which uh, which I thought was cool. There was nothing really like too memorable though. I yeah, mean, I it was did...
0: good, but not not yeah. not. It didn't stand out like when when Fantastic Beasts came up on the screen as a title, you know. Uh, when Harry Potter comes it, dun, 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 yeah. I can't do it. But Josh, look it up. <laughs> look, up my, look up the theme song to Harry Potter. Stop stop letting me drown here. Type
1: in a Harry Potter Hedwig theme song. Yeah. There yes, you go. Yes, you're welcome. I, would, I agree with you guys. I definitely miss that theme song aspect to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Or like a memorable theme song. Mm-hmm. I think there was one theme that I heard a
2: couple times, and it was... Every time you saw an animal, it was like the same kind of thing. Like a
1: little over, and over or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I like to hear, um, but he, you know... He, he,
1: so you yeah. hear that within like a second, you know, yeah. and it's just all these memories come flashing back, and you're just taken Sorry. back into magical, magical,
2: magical, magical... <laughs> magical, magical. Um, what what I thought of what was interesting for uh, this movie though, like thanks used, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> they used a big orchestra of ninety seven ninety seven musicians, of course at um, Abbey Road Studio, which is a big recording studio in London. And uh, for the theme of the Niffler animal, that there was actually forty three versions of it that he kept changing over and over and over again, literally forty three times for the theme of the Niffler. So and I think again that goes to back what I just said that like every time you saw an animal of any creature, it sounded like the same theme song over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, you know, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I would listen to the score, and I, you know, um, it's always when you kind of really get to play it back do you notice these things? But um, just watching it, um, there was so much. Part part of seeing it for this show. And knowing that it is such a big movie, you know, I was kind of trying to just pay attention to story and tie-ins to Harry Potter rather than like, okay, what's the score? So um, apologies there. Um, Promotion. Um, There's a whole new uh, story pack, um, a video game for Fantastic Beasts that you can get.
2: Oh man, as in the Lego dimensions, Lego games are awesome. <laughs> have you ever played the Lego games? I have I'm not, not a gamer myself. I don't like you I've never I can't remember the last time I played video games. But the Lego games are fun. So I, I I think that's really good and I think Harry Potter has always done a great job of releasing like whatever corresponding movie is coming out to the game. Um like I I when I was a kid I played Chamber of Secrets one whole summer it was awesome and I have played Harry Potter Legos it's fun it's a fun it game
0: it is they, they do a great job I mean uh, the the movie costs around 160 million give or take right um, and probably the same amount was spent just in promotion alone
2: yeah well it's WB. I mean, they have the money yeah, that, for
0: it. Well, I mean, I mean, it's,
2: that's not like a they good know they're going to get it back. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, especially when you already have the built-in fan base from the original franchise, WB knows that this is a bankable movie.
0: And well, it, this needs to, you know, this needs to kickstart that again. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to recondition that audience. Because uh, think about it this way: like, uh, you know, we grew up on Harry Potter. Okay, you know, let's say average age ten. When uh, the first book came out. So now we're adults. So now you have to not only bring in that audience, but you have to now, you want to kind of reset it and bring in, you know, the 10 year olds yeah. of this generation.
2: And kind of the teenagers too. I mean, we kind of had credence in there. Unfortunately, the teenager was the dark guy. But um, yeah, you do have, I think this movie definitely sp- tried to span all the demographics.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Am I
1: mistaken? Wasn't this a PG-13 though? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's PG. I think you're. I feel like 13 though. PG-13. It's PG-13. Yeah. you're getting rid of a whole demographic. Like I was, I wasn't 13 when I first saw the movie. I was a lot younger than
0: that. Well, Harry, uh, Josh, can you look up Harry Potter? Harry what Potter? What it, What? It's How old were you was? when the
1: first one came out? When did it come out? (laughs) Uh, The
0: movie came out a little bit after. But if you can figure out uh, if the first movie was PG. I'm pretty sure the first first movie was PG.
1: The first PG-13 movie of Harry Potter was Goblet of Fire. Because
2: there was a a death movie. There you go. The first three movies were
1: PG. You gave time for the audience to grow up. So then maybe they're not trying to cater to that audience. But I think it's a shame because they're just... I feel like they're only picking up people who've followed um, Harry Potter in the past. And they're picking it up at, up at adulthood. So if that's what they want to do, like good for them. But I well, think-
0: I I think I think you know if if people of our age who have kids, you know, they'll go see it, um, and they'll bring their kids to see it as well. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah.
2: Sorcerer's Stone is PG. And also, Chris Columbus What was um was first two.
0: What was, uh, w- 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 why is it rated PG? You know how now they like literally list out everything, like rated PG-13 for uh, two moments of smoking and uh, blah, blah, blah.
2: <laughs> I bet it's like scary thematic elements, I'm guessing, <laughs> for PG or PG-13. Yeah. Well, I
0: just want to know for this, because this one's rated PG-13 for, for some fantasy action violence.
1: That's great, because the first Harry mm. Potter movie, I remember that being a little scary, and that was in pg I don't know who makes these. Well, roles. also if you think about the MPAA, it, N.P.A.A. and I've I dealt know.
0: with them before.
1: Really? We in France yeah. we don't have them.
2: Well, like also if you think about it, like in this film we did have that dark matter. Oh my god, why cannot think of it? The the name of it, um, that dark matter. It killed two people in a very dark way. It kind of like strangled them in front of everybody and then killed it and killed whoever it was. Like we had the senator and the the terrible mother. Granted, they both probably. This sounds terrible deserved it kind of like they had it coming to them but the way that they died was very dark
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i guess that's true yeah they should have listed and two deaths
2: yeah and and some violence you know some scary thematic violence (laughs) um
0: i don't know I, i i i don't foresee that being a problem i mean right now um the hell? Uh, we're tracking and like worldwide, it's it's estimated to make around 160 to 205 million dollars. Um, domestically, uh, I guesstimated between I guess 65 million. Right now, projection has it at 68 to 85 million. Um, Is some, that in
2: the first week or like the opening, opening week, weekend, opening
0: weekend, okay. some okay. some as high as 100 million. So, which which would. Eighty-five million was what Doctor Strange did, so you know.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Like, I I believe those numbers too because it is coming upon Thanksgiving weekend, and this particular movie in this particular weekend didn't really have any other big movies competing with them. So I think they definitely can own this weekend as number one. And with the Thanksgiving, everyone's going to be together, and this is a family movie. 100%. So families always tend to go see movies together. Um, so yeah, I I think yeah anywhere from 60 to eighty sounds about right.
0: Yeah, and you, you don't have movies come you know, like uh, you have um, um, bleed for this and Edge of sixteen Arrival, 17. Edge of seventeen Arrival Doctor Doctor Strange, but it's not Doctor Strange is not a family movie, no. so there's not a lot of competition in this space. So I think it has the ability to dominate two weekends in a row. Mm.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
0: So, <clears throat> right now, Rotten Tomatoes score, still early, but 74%. Um, so, not not terrible, but not as high as maybe you would expect or hope.
2: Yeah. But I
0: guess for this type of movie.
2: Yeah, but the audience also says like 88, which, you know, I kind of agree with. I mean, it's kind of high, but if you're going into this movie expecting Harry Potter, you're not going to get it. So, I can see where some people might be disappointed but overall, it's a, f- it's a great, entertaining movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now, Marissa, you did the most research in terms of the sequels, so I want you to sort of talk about that.
2: Yeah, so back in even last year, us being in 2016 right now, December 2015, they were already talking about Fantastic Beasts 2. So they're, they've already been thinking ahead. And um, David Yates said that J.K. Rowling is definitely on board, and he himself are on board. They were supposed to begin with the trilogy for this. It has now expanded into five movies, and um, J.K. Five Rowling, movies is the
0: new trilogy.
2: Yeah, pretty much. But J.K. Rowling is already putting the finishing touches on the sequel, so she already has the sequel. Already pretty much penned. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I would hope so, because, you know, you kind of have to... If Stay you're ahead make, of
2: the game, yeah.
0: Because her role, I mean, she doesn't need to be there for post-production and production as much. Yeah. Maybe production a little bit, because she might have to touch up some scenes and blah, blah, blah. And post-production, she'll want to give notes, but, you know, she, she's got to be writing.
2: Yeah, and David Jay says that J.K. Rowling's writing feels so different from this particular movie, Fantastic Beasts, which is actually much more haunting like a dream what she is what he quotes, what she's doing is really interesting she's not repeating herself so therefore it's like more original different kind of content with mm. a di- different feeling for the second movie
0: Yeah. That'll be exciting. I'm
2: looking forward to it. I'm already pro- planning and going to see it. We're probably already going to cover it here. Um, but Darn right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so good about this universe is like we are already part of the demographic and the set Dem audience that's built into this universe that will just avid, loyal fans that'll go see it.
0: Yeah, the biggest debate will be what order do you see all these movies in? Do you in the HPCU? Do you start with Fantastic Beast, then build to uh, H P A T S?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Is that what it would be? Harry Potter and the Sorceress Stone.
2: Yeah, if you see this movie first. Granted, if you like completely wipe the slate and you've never seen any of the Harry Potter films and you start with this one, you'll get nods to the original movies with Albus Dumbledore and Lilo Lestrange and you'll still wonder who the hell are they? So like I mean, I think it's actually better to just start with Harry Potter, Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Stone. Interesting. Because if you if you watch this movie first, The Fantastic Fig, you won't miss anything but honestly, it won't be as entertaining as Harry Potter's Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, you won't understand yeah. the magical world as much as this one, because this one is like because of the, what the other movies did. We know the spells. We know like which spells does which. Um, we know the the stories behind the wands, and that there are good wizards and good and bad wizards, and all that. Like that knowledge is already preset for this film if you go into this film not knowing that you might actually be lost
0: well I, I do if someone out there this I, I I'm very curious if this is your first movie ever into this what I'm doing the HPCEU, um I want to know what what it's like to kind of go in there because you don't get uh, a lot of the education you get you get education into the beasts and creatures but not into that. And I'm very curious as, as to how it holds up without that knowledge.
2: Yeah, but even with these beasts, too. Like, he named the beasts, but he doesn't really say what they're for or what their purpose is.
0: Yeah, you just kind of get it. I think people just kind of get I think magic is easy to understand.
2: <laughs> it can be. But I think that's also the good thing what the Sorcerer's Stone did. Just the first story alone. When we get the kids in their classes, they actually tell the audience what they're learning. There's mm-hmm. charms class, there's a potions class, there's dark arts class, a defense against the dark arts. So, like, each class explains to the reader like what they're learning in the magical community. You don't get that in this film. No,
0: you do not. Alright, any final thoughts before we wrap this up?
2: Well, as you know, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Um, I did like this film. It was entertaining. Uh, I will definitely buy it. It wasn't as entertaining as I had hoped, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. It has it introduced new characters that I'm now left me questioning who are these people, and I want to see more movies about them. So I'm excited for what they've already set up. I'm glad that they're extending the universe because, granted, we did get eight movies, but that's not enough.
0: That's not enough. (laughs) Eight is not enough, Jesus. No,
2: No, I'm I'm being very selfish, and I say you know and greedy. I, like, I love this universe so much, and I grew up with Harry Potter. Harry Potter was literally... I was the same age as Harry Potter, Potter as the World first though? movie. Potter World? In Florida? No, you know Universal. Universal. or oh,
0: Whatever the hell it's called.
2: Uh, yeah, not yet. I'm busy. What? But I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. I'm done. <laughs> well, I'm we are done with this podcast as well. But, as you
0: know... No, Julia still big, has to give her final thoughts. I'm a
2: big Potter fan, so I'm excited that there are more
1: movies to come.
0: Alright, what about you? Uh,
1: I Yeah, I think it was a great movie. I think you definitely should go see Go to Universal. Uh, yeah, uh, And yeah, yeah, lots to come. We'll see them in the next few movies. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. I just really feel this was like the tip of the iceberg and they were st- setting up a lot of things. So I'm excited to see us get more into it with the upcoming movies.
0: And here's what I'll, what I'll say. You know, one of the interesting parts. Um, Harry Potter... And Deathly Hallows Part Two, was technically not officially, but technically, the very first anatomy of a movie. <laughs> and we're out. God. Just kidding. Um. So, uh, yes, so yeah. That's I mean, what a journey that has been. Um. So what? A, what a, you know, in, in, quite interesting. And I just thought of that now. Um i'm excited i'm excited to see where this is going um so let us know your guys thoughts i'm very excited to to continue this world um in the meantime where can people chat with you
2: Uh, you can follow me on twitter at serafini tv you can follow
1: me on instagram at bonjour yet
0: there you go uh follow us here at the popcorn talk um again we're doing this a little bit quicker than normal um so let us know what you guys thought of the movie also if you guys would like a full breakdown of the box office numbers go uh, check out our show box office breakdown um definitely worth um worth watching and whatnot um so i'm excited to to see other people's takes on it as well um can't wait to see how well it does in the box office and can't wait to see how the rest of the movies go happy Uh, thanksgiving And go
2: listen to the very first Anatomy then. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's right.
0: And check out all the Harry Potter movies. I'm sure you can get a box collection for uh, Christmas or the holidays, rather. All right. Bye.
1: From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do
0: not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.